0: Joy is perfectly capable of living alongside fear. Some would argue that it blooms there, ever reflective, ever the balm. In fact, when I lean into my fear, sit with it, become curious about it, and try to understand its source, where it comes from, who are its people, then it tends to dissipate on its own. Black folks have a healthy fear of the white supremacist systems that threaten our lives almost daily in this country. But it doesn't have to be the only thing that we hold on to. That awareness can live alongside our wonders and delights. In truth, it always has. An excerpt from Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration. Open your
1: heart Tracy Michelle, our know, talk with Tracy Michelle.
0: Yeah, yes, yes. That's my sweet girl, my sugar plum, Kay Simone. Uh, I'm back. <laughs> I am back. I am back. Welcome to season three. Of heart talk with Tracy Michelle. My name is Tracy Michelle Lewis Jiggets, and I am your host. And I am incredibly excited about so much, including that intro that was written and uh, sung by my sweet girl, my baby girl. You know, I had her have her in the mix somewhere. Um, but also about what I have in store for you this season, um. So some of you know, and other, others of you might not, um, I recently published a book. It is Black Joy, Stories of Resistance, Resilience, and Restoration by Gallery Books, an imprint of Simon & Schuster. And that came out February 1st, 2022. Like it has been, all I can say is a hell of a ride since then. Um... But I knew that when I returned back to the podcast that I definitely wanted to bring the conversation of Black Joy to the mic. Like I've been talking, I've been interviewing, I've been, you know, having all of these wonderful rich discussions and I wanted to bring that here. Um, And so we can just chat a little bit about what Black Joy is, how it shows up, all the nuances of it. Um, and then also have a good time as always. Um, I also decided that this season, the format would be a little different. It is, um, not just me chatting or interviewing. Um, we are going to have actually a call-in situation happening. And so I will be taking some questions that people have called in, um, about Black Joy. And I will be answering those questions at the end of the show. So, uh yeah. So let's dig in a little bit. So, I want to share a, a little bit of a story with you. I remember, I want to say it was at the beginning of the pandemic or you know what, actually probably early 2021, and I remember being out with my family. Um uh, it was winter. Um so yeah, it had to be like January. We were still living um in the Philly area. And my husband and my daughter and I decided to go sledding. Uh, We had bought this inner tube and the sled and there was a park nearby that had these huge, awkwardly shaped hills, but it was super steep. And so you could go down, like I said, in your in your sleds and have an absolute blast. And so we would do that. And we were there one day um, and we started to go up and down the hill. And I mean, it was fun like seriously and I know some people have been like do black folks do yes black folks do that <laughs> so um, so but I also remember having as I'm often as I often do um, this duality where I was definitely present in the moment I think I was enjoying sledding um, I was watching my daughter laugh and giggle um, but then I saw a police car pull into the parking lot that's right next to the park and You know, it felt to me like as I watched, right, because I'm present, allegedly, but I'm also, my mind is also paying attention to what's around me, right? And I felt like the police car was circling, um, checking things out. Maybe they were just there to make sure everyone's safe. I don't know. But I do remember the fear and the terror that was in my body, Um we, I talk a lot about like emotions being embodied experience, right? Like we feel them first before they ever reach our mouths or we are able to, or we're able to articulate them, right? And so I literally felt my body fill up with fear, if you will. And That fear was that I shouldn't have been sledding there for some reason, even though that was not the case, um, because it was a place where everyone in the neighborhood, there were other people out there. And and so I just began to really think about it. it. I think what happened is that I was triggered. Right. I was triggered Um, because of what I know about racial violence and police brutality, all the images that I'd seen and all the narratives that I think were trapped in my body and in my mind. And so that when I saw the police officer, I think that's what just kind of came up for me. Um, And here's the thing. Um, I opened the show up with the excerpt from the book that really kind of speaks to that, because I think this is a common thing um, for black folks, for black and brown folks. You know, I think it has become lately common for me to live with this fear, right? Um, there's this kind of hyper vigilance that we carry with us as a result of living in the skin. There's a hyper awareness. It's not, and I always talk about this like, <laughs> I, I would love to just jump in a car, rent a car, and just go, you know, travel across this country. But there's a whole lot of thinking that I have to make sense of to do that, right? There, I have to pay attention to which cities I can stop in, which will not be as welcoming to me and my Black family, you know? There, there are things that I have to think about that, frankly, white folks don't, right? At least not in this country, will not have to think about. And so, like, there's this hyper-consciousness that I have because there always feels like there is a potential for danger, right? And this doesn't help with someone who already struggles with PTSD and just the hyper vigilance because of my, you know, other stuff, my personal stuff. And so it, it, it makes it, you know, complex, right? And they talk about complex PTSD where there's like, trauma upon trauma that's kind of stacked on top of each other and I know for me like fear entered me very early on as a child and because of those experiences I always carry it with me the hyper vigilance of being a black woman a black person in this country lives alongside that other fear the personal fears that I have it's challenging right it is so challenging for me to kind of embrace joy and that was really my starting point when I wrote the book was like how do I embrace joy how do I know what joy feels like in my body because when my therapist you know very poignantly asked me that question I couldn't answer her and I was well over 40 years old right and so you know I began as I began to do the work um, and you know I have to say to get to joy there is work, right? Especially if you are dealing with any trauma. And so in order for me to do the work, I began to see it all the ways that I had relied on external validation, um, to get love and acceptance and to experience joy. It wasn't something that I you know, I believe was inherent in me. Um and so in order for me to get joy, love, peace, acceptance, um, to be seen, I would leapfrog over my fear to get to those things but I would replace it or I would push it down and, 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 and give voice to things like external validation and wanting to be known and seen and being willing to contort myself bend over backwards for that in order to get what I perceived um, was love peace joy all those things that I wanted I hope that makes sense to you because I think a lot of us do that we have this duality of our personal experiences living Um, Our personal traumas, our personal stories living in the same context as the story of who we are in this country, in this world. And a lot of what comes out of that are trauma responses, things that we do to manage the fear. Things that we do to control what's happening in our bodies as a result of feeling... um, Fear, feeling out of place, feeling out of sorts, and so um, recently, my therapist said something to me that I think really resonates. She said that while fear has always been in the forefront of my life, and that's the thing that I think I've been, I was hyper focused on as I am doing this work. It hasn't been the only thing. If fear was there, and in light of what I've been able to accomplish with my life which I have so much gratitude for, so is courage. My bravery was equally ever present every single time fear was. It's, doesn't that feel like amazing to get that? It was, a, look, it was amazing to me to have that revelation, right? Because I think I had been so focused on, you know, just fear. And, you know, I need to deal with this fear. I need to sit with this fear. I need it to go away, <laughs> you know, all the things that we think really i was my focus was in the wrong place right fear is there because of my lived experience because of my circumstances and my probably 9 times out of 10 isn't going anywhere but what has also been present is my courage and my bravery that's what's been working in the background and it's been working hard right in order for me to have gotten even as far as i've gotten now whatever dreams in the future or, you know, visions that I have for myself in the, in the future, you know, I still have gotten pretty far in my life and in order for me to have gotten there, right. It's because my courage and the bravery that has been working in the background, working overtime because with the amount of fear I have, listen. <laughs> um, and so I'm definitely one of those people who are like, do it afraid, do it anyway, even if your voice shakes type person, right? Um, but I do think that in this particular season in my life, and, and I think this is where the therapist was, was, was getting at, right? Is that this time for there to be reversal. Fear needs to go on the back burner and courage and my bravery need, need to come to the forefront. Meaning that that needs to be the most present thing in my body. So there's kind of a, a switching of roles, if you will, or maybe just a switching of awareness. Right. Um, fear gets pushed back. It It's probably not going anywhere. Real talk. Right. Like I'm not I'm not here to like spit, you know, untruths to you. Right. Um, that fear is is you know, rooted in my neural pathways it's the way that my body and my mind has kept me safe for 46 years, right? And so the likelihood of it just disappearing one day, you know, barring any divine intervention, right? It's not likely, but what I can do is decide about what will be big In my mind and in the way I speak and the way that I move. And that will be my courage. And that will be my joy. How much more peaceful and healed would the space and place I'm in in my life be, right? If I shifted my attention, if you will. If I became more mindful of the joy. If I became more mindful of the courage of the love and yes rage and sorrow and and all of that other stuff fear and all of that is still there but they're they the space that they take up you know is not going to be as much because it's it's the same way my joy was pushed to nearly non-existence out because of my sorrow and my grief and my rage let's let's reverse that right let's let's say let's make that go the other way around I no longer want fear to take up that much space in my body, right. And yeah, you know, that I'm opening up this season with this conversation because I had so many people over these last few months since this book has been out come to me and ask me, how? Right? Like I have so much fear. Look at, have you looked at the world around us, Tracy? Like, how do we embrace our joy? right? In the midst of all of this. And and so that's the work, I think, like, you know, shifting what we give our attention to and being extremely intentional about creating. Even if you can't access the joy that is your birthright, that is in your body, that does exist, you can be very intentional about creating joy, creating moments of joy and not allowing guilt or shame say that you're not worthy of that. So, so that's the deal, right? So that's the deal. We are going to focus on joy, right? Being intentional about our joy, allowing it to raise up in us, right? Again, it doesn't make the fear go away, but what it does do is give us a lens and a perspective through which we can see our fear. And 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 by doing that, we are on a healing path. And you know, Tracy, that's, that's the end game for me is that we... Um, are constantly embracing the healing work, right? And you know what's interesting is I've had to reconcile my personal goals in terms of, like, oh, I wanna be, you know, a New York Times bestseller, or, ooh, you know, I want all of these things for this particular book, Black Joy. But what I realized is and, and people told me, right? Like y'all came, I was like, listen, I gotta take your book in, in bite-sized chunks, or I'm not ready. Like I wanna support you, and I got the book. But that's that's work, <laughs> you know, and it is no lie, right? Like if we are wanting to live out our healing and we want to embrace our joy then there for many of us is an unraveling, a decolonizing that has to happen. And that's not an easy thing. And sometimes people just don't feel like it. And you know what? I get it. Just go buy the book and put it on your shelf (laughs) until you're ready. Right? I'll be here when you're ready. Um, So yeah, I'm excited for this season. Again, because I get to unpack what joy is for Black folks And, you know, this new format where I get to answer actual questions. Um, I earlier in the year, I had folks call into this line. And so I'm going to be answering all kinds of questions about joy, how joy shows up. How do we enact joy? You know, how do we embrace it? How do we sit in it? How, you know, all of those things. And we have some special guests this season. I'm not going to tell you who it's going to be. But, yo, we have some that are, you know, episodes that will not be the call-in format and they will just be, you know, interviews with people that I just really respect and I think have some insight, some unique insight on Black Joy, right? And yes, of course, because of this podcast and what it's all about, they will be creators, they will be people that are artists and, and all those kinds of things. So listen, it's going to be a good time. So I say let's go ahead and dig into these questions. Thank you for calling Heart Talk with Tracy Michelle. What's on your heart?
2: Hi, my name is Angela. I'm calling from North Carolina. And my question is, how do I maintain or even acquire joy in opposed to in my relationship with my husband? Because so much I think was going on in the world around us over these past few years with The pandemic, you know, just the stress of of being a parent and just life itself, it seems to, I know for me, has taken away some of my joy. So I guess how can I – how do you have joy in your relationship and not let what's going on in the world around me impact that? Because that's what I feel it has done. It has sapped my joy where it's like why even – nurture this man i mean i love my husband but why put the extra into it to bring the joy in the marriage when the whole world around me seems to be going to hell in a handbasket so that's my question thank you
0: thank you angela i listen i'm right there with you i totally feel that i've had so many people come to me and say like I don't know how to feel joy in the midst of all that's going on. And the only thing that I can really refer back to, and this is what something that I uncovered in researching this book was that our ancestors are very familiar with the trauma and the hardships of our experience, right? Like they went through it and what they were able to do was to separate what happy moments from joy, right? Like sometimes we use those words interchangeably and we really should not use those words interchangeably because at the end of the day, they're not the same. Like happy is a temporary moment. It has to do with what's going on really outside of you, right? That then influences whether or not you are um, will have pleasure in a particular moment. But joy is that thing deep down. It can't be taken away. We just have to allow it and and allow ourselves to embrace joy even when things around us aren't necessarily looking the way that we would want it. And I would even argue that uh, being intentional about joy in your relationship and and at home is even more important when everything outside the world is saying otherwise. It's even more significant for you to create moments of joy as a kind of safety, as a boundary around what the outside world would, you know, wants to say about you, about your husband, about us as a people, whatever, right? Even even just the hardship of this pandemic, right? I think some of what I learned from the pandemic was about like how do we create joy in our in our, you know, safe places, in our families, with our children, with our husbands and wives and spouses and partners. Like, how do we do that, especially when the world is on fire, right? Because that is going to be the thing that will refresh us, will renew us, will give us the energy to be able to then go out and do whatever we're supposed to do out in the world, whatever work needs to be done to make this world a better place. But it starts inside. You know what I mean? Like it starts and, and trust like this is not easy. Like I'm by no means I'm saying, oh, just go out and, you know, go, you know, go for a walk with your husband and all the, everything will be okay. But I am saying go take a walk with your husband. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Not that everything will be okay, but in that moment when we ground ourselves in that particular moment, when we're present in the moment, there is a healing that happens, right? And then we are better, better able to withstand what's coming from the outside and that's not easy but I think that's the that's the actual work it's like how do we protect our spaces of joy the people that we love and part of that is by wielding joy very strategically making decisions every day to write in joy despite of it's like black joy is resistance right so it's in spite of it's a resistance it's saying this right here, this space, you cannot touch. um. And so I hope that, you know, that's helpful and that you are able to at least be able to make that distinction because it is worth it. It is so worth it to create those spaces of joy. All right. Thank you for calling. Listen, so joy was always going to be the thing, I think, in hindsight, I know it now that would right-size my courage versus my fear. Um, it's the thing that I think can put everything back in order. And so I think it's important that we name the things that bring us joy, right? So even for Angela, like what does being with your husband, what's the most joyful thing that you can do with your husband? Name that thing, write that thing down right? And again, it's not about a checklist, right? We're not trying to create a checklist of things, of, of all, you know, check all the boxes of joy, right? Because I think that can make things um, very rote and we don't want to necessarily do that. Part of joy is just like, you know there's a spontaneity that sometimes comes with joy right and I want us to be able to access that without feeling like no that's not what I said that I was going to do today for joy right but I think it's important that we do name our joy right because again it is the starting point right for me it's the starting point of putting the emphasis on the ways I'm courageous as opposed to the things that I fear. For Angela, it might be just naming the things that really bring her joy in spending time with her husband. And for you, listener, it could totally be something else. Man, listen, isn't this going to be fun, right? Like, I <laughs> I want to have a good time with you guys. Yes, we're going to be digging in Um, doing some deep work and that's part of the joy you have to be willing to do that right but I also want us to have some fun Um, and so I'm excited to talk to you guys this season I'm gonna wrap this episode and I am going to say to you that my ultimate hope is that you be well and if you can't be well just be thank you so much for listening
1: Open your heart, share what you feel. No matter the subject, you can always be real. heart talk with Tracy Michelle. Had heart talk with Tracy Michelle. Had heart talk with Tracy Michelle. Had heart talk with Tracy Michelle.